are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Madjuke. You can follow me on Twitter at FFFallBlast. Also, you can follow my co-host, Marcus Mosher, on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Give the show a follow at Locked On Dynasty and be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. Help others find the show as long as those others are not your league mates. <laughs> Marcus, happy Monday. How's it going? It's going, Kate. We're, what, three weeks away from the NFL draft. We got just about all the pro day numbers, and it's time to really start digging into some of our rookie ranks. Yeah, there's really not not much more information that we can hope to gain, I think, at this point. We're going to talk a little bit about some more rookie stuff today. So uh, we are going to do a little bit, why do this when you can do that? And uh, we're, we're going to play around with some of these rookie names because there are some values in the uh, fantasy football universe that might be drafted below where they can produce. So, Marcus, do you want to start us off uh, with, I think we should like tee up uh, to some of the more important ones. We, we have a couple of comps for Devonta Smith, not comps, mm-hmm. but uh, a arbitrage plays. Yep. Yes, so we're we're gonna do a whole segment just for Devonta Smith. But how about you just you get us ready? Let's dip our toes into the water. Uh, give me your first rookie value. Why draft blank when I can draft blank? Yeah, so the first one is why draft Rashad Bateman at the end of round one when I can get Diami Brown at the end of round two? And this has nothing to really do with Bateman because I like Rashad Bateman a lot. Uh, I still think he's going to be a very valuable player in the NFL. It really has more to do with Diami Brown, who I've always really liked as a prospect. He was incredibly productive last year with North Carolina. And then he goes out in his pro day and he comes in just under uh, six foot one, 190 pounds, runs in the four, four fives. Uh, he has uh, you know, a great vertical and broad jump and he's explosive. And when you watch him on tape, all he does is get open back-to-back seasons of at least a thousand yards, 20 receiving touchdowns. He has a little bit of Stefan Diggs to his game. And I hate to always use that comp, but he just gets open. He wins all over the field. And I'll be honest as well, Kate, I think, I, I think I'm a little bit disappointed in Rashad Bateman's size, right? Because we were told during the last couple seasons that Rashad Bateman is a six foot two 210 pound receiver that wins with route running and being able to out muscle guys but when he came in at six foot flat 190 pounds that's a big i got to admit it scared me off a little bit now you you've been an nfl fan for longer than i you've been in this industry longer than i do you ever remember such a season where there was such a like these big discrepancies in height and weight and they were this significant because it seems uh, all of these top prospects not all but a lot of these top prospects have Mm -hmm. some some issues in terms of uh you know what what their schools are listing them at versus what they're actually measuring in at because i'm not sure what a school has to gain by saying uh they you know you have a, a wide receiver that's two feet taller when you're just going to actually measure in uh Sorry, two inches, <laughs> two yeah, yeah. inches taller. Two, two but inches like, taller. what is the point? Well, I think here's what happened, Kate. So a lot of times, 
scouts and NFL evaluators, they get to measure these people, you know, these players in at the pro day the year before they come out, right? So like Rashad Bateman is a junior this year. A lot of times he would get measured when he's a sophomore at the Minnesota Pro Day. Well, because last year we didn't have pro days outside of, I think, one or two, uh, we really didn't get any measurements on any of these upcoming draft guys. So we were all kind of surprised and waiting for these pro days. If we would have had pro days last year, I'm sure we would have found out, hey, Rashad Bateman's not actually six foot two and 210 pounds. He's closer to, to six foot 190 pounds. So I really th- feel like the pandemic last year is what's making the discrepancy so big this season. Interesting. Yeah, it, it just seems like a lot of these guys are are taking big hits to their draft stock. Uh, now, do you think, it, like, what what situation would you need Brown to be drafted in in order to to make that that pick uh, really pop? What's your ideal situation? Yeah, I'm I'm getting to the point, Kate, where I feel like top of the second round is where I'm looking at Diami Brown, and depending on the landing spot. You could convince me late first because when I'm weighing him against all of the receivers not named Jamar Chase and even uh, Devontae Smith, it's, man, just the profile and what Brown can do on a field uh, as a, I think as a number one receiver is what has me so intrigued. So if he goes late round one to, let's say, the Green Bay Packers or he goes to the Jets, I I think those are, yeah, yeah, those are all great spots. (laughs) And I, I just think... I think Diami Brown is a heck of a football player, and right now, if you're getting him anytime after the first 12, 13 picks, it's an incredible value. And we will clarify, so these uh, this ADP that we're looking at, it is for single quarterback leagues. So obviously, basically what you have to do if you're you're sort of comparing the ADPs here, bump all of the quarterbacks up to like yeah. one, oh, 101 yeah. to 104 and then start the draft over. Correct. Um, Correct. Which would you know put Najee around 105. Let's take a quick break, and then when we get back, I want to talk about Devonta Smith. Hmm. The 2020 NFL season might be a wrap, but there's still plenty of betting to be done. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. There you can bet on all kinds of sports, including football, basketball, baseball, golf, hockey, MMA, soccer, tennis. The options are limitless. Whether you're looking to bet live game lines, player prop bets, or team futures, BetOnline AG has it all. Don't waste another minute and go check out betonline.ag and do not forget to use our promo code locked on so you can get your 50% welcome bonus and you can roll in the cash alongside with us. Again, that's betonline.ag, promo code locked on. Welcome back into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We are talking fantasy football rookies, but most importantly, we're talking if not this guy, then that guy. I, I love a little game of of playing to the values of the the fantasy football universe and taking a look at ADP because I think ADP is such an important part of uh, sometimes just looking at your your rookie drafts and seeing you know what is what is available later on Mm -hmm. and seeing if you do need to pay up for some of these guys Uh, Devonta Smith obviously he is a prospect with plenty of question marks regarding size we just discussed size um he's he's probably one of our biggest question marks in this draft but 
a lot of people were were passing off the the size concern but I mean Devonta Smith regardless I think we can agree is uh probably going to go in the mid first uh in terms of of rookie ADP at the latest in a single quarterback league so tell me give me one one player that you're not drafting Devonta Smith because you can get this guy uh a little bit later yeah, why draft Devontae Smith at 104 when you can get Elijah Moore at 204? Uh, Kate, do you know who led the SEC in receiving yards per game last year? I do not. It was not Devontae Smith who won the Heisman. He averaged 142 receiving yards per game. It was Elijah Moore who averaged 149 yards per game in the SEC last year. Uh, just a phenomenal prospect. An elite, uh, you know, he has elite speed. Uh, he was elite in the quickness stuff. Um, great numbers in the dominator, yards per catch, breakout age. All are absolutely fantastic. The only thing he doesn't have is height. He's just five foot nine, uh, and it's or five foot nine and a half, and he's a hundred and I believe eighty pounds. That's still up like probably ten to fifteen pounds from the Devonte Smith who. Listen, he said he weighed 170 pounds, but did you notice that he didn't get weighed in at the Senior Bowl or his Pro Day? I've got a feeling, Kate, that he's probably under 170 pounds, um, so that's that's concerning. Is it going to make me not draft Devontae Smith at all? Probably not. I, I still think he's a fantastic prospect. I just think Elijah Moore, with his combination of production, athleticism, uh, and where he fits in the NFL, I think he's a better value a whole round later. Yeah, and you know what? Like when you're looking at just in terms of what they produced, you might look at a Devonta Smith and think the ceiling is a little bit higher, but I do think the floor is probably higher for a player like Elijah Moore at this point, uh, at least depending on a landing spot. I've got another one, and I'm kind okay. of curious to see what you think for uh, for my I'm not drafting Devonta Smith. Why draft Devonta Smith at 104? when I can get Kadarius Tony in the mid-second. Okay, give me the reasoning, because I, this one's I'm really interested in, because I think we might differ on Kadarius Tony a little bit. So Kadarius Tony, he is one of the one of the guys I've, you know, I'm not completely sold on as a prospect. But to be fair, uh, we, we also see questions with Devonta Smith. I think he is a generational player, but I think it is stupid if we just completely disregard the size issue like we mm-hmm. can't completely knock it out of the park Kadarius Tony he does have a little bit more bulk to him 6 193 pounds what I think is the most exciting part about Kadarius Tony and I think uh, the fact that he had to share his pro day with Kyle Pitts did not do him any favors huh. yeah. but goodness gracious he did so freaking well on all of these these explosive uh, you know, measurements, the vertical ranked in the 90th percentile, the broad jump 99th percentile, the 40 yard dash 81st percentile ran a 441. I think that he's got all of these these tools, which uh, I'm not going to compare his his just, you know, hands on skill set to that of Devonta Smith. But mm-hmm. I do think that he is a, a very talented uh, athlete and I think he's very gifted athletically. Um, you know, Kadarius Tony. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he played quarterback coming out of high school. He did. Um, yep. So we we see him. He's still sort of making making that transition to 
being an actual wide receiver. And I don't think we really saw him make that full transition until uh, the, the, the 2020 season. Like we, we just didn't get, I don't know, maybe if we had more time uh, and we saw him adjust uh, to that position a little bit more quickly, um, you know, he, he didn't really break out until his senior season, but 984 yards, 10 touchdowns. I like that. He's one of these guys that I think could be uh, an interesting gadget play because he is, he is versatile. He is, uh, he's mobile. He's athletic. Uh, I just think that, you know, we saw not, we didn't get a chance to really see his ceiling considering the fact that he did switch positions and there is, is that move. I'll take the physically gifted guy with, you know, in my mind, uh, maybe, more questions, but I think the the meat is there. Tell me what your thoughts are on Kadarius Tony, because I, 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 the last time we did our, our profiles on Kadarius Tony, I was mm-hmm. not Team Kadarius, but I, I think that I might be overlooking what he is able to accomplish from an athleticism standpoint and. Uh, maybe I hadn't been considering the fact that he did transition positions and, and all that good stuff. So tell me right. what you think. I, I feel like that context is important, and that's why he didn't break out early on in his career is because he was still making that transition to receiver. Uh, the things that he does have going for him, as you mentioned, are the athleticism. Like if you compare him to Devontae Smith, he's like 25 pounds heavier at least. Uh, he's also a he ran a 4.38 official at his pro day, but we typically – boost that up a little bit so let's say it's a 4-4-3 still incredibly explosive my fear is Kate that somebody is going to turn him into a gadget player as you mentioned and they're just going to try to find you know try to find ways to get him you know four or five touches a game in a Tavon Austin Cordero Patterson type of role that's my fear but I think the ceiling is much higher like if somebody makes him a slot receiver and he's getting seven eight targets a game and we know how dynamic he is in the open field. I do think there's some some good potential there. I don't think he's ever going to be a, a wide receiver one. And maybe that's the difference here is that it's Smith in the right role could see, you know, double digit targets every week. But I do think Darius Tony is one of these players that has the chance to be very explosive every time he gets the ball in his hands. Uh, maybe not all that dissimilar to like a Curtis Samuel type of player that in was- the NFL. That's exactly what I was thinking. And, um, you know, I think we did see this season. We saw, um, you know, the the Panthers make more of an effort to just get the ball in his hands. And I think Kadarius Toney could be that guy that if you make the concerted effort, like like you said, he he's not going to be a wide receiver one. He's not going to, to command 10 targets per game. But I think he has the physical attributes that if you have a coaching staff that's willing to put the ball in his hands, uh, you know, the occasional screen pass. Like, I feel like it would just take one, uh, one misforced tackle to, to, sure. to take it to the house. Can I give you another comp really quickly? And I think this yeah. is the high end comp, right? And it, it's not perfect, but what if he, what if he ends up having like a Randall Cobb type of career in the slot where, you know, very similar size and athleticism. I think Tony is actually better after the catch than Cobb. But we saw, you know, for for a couple of years in Green Bay from like 2012 to 2015, Cobb was pretty reliable. Like somebody who was going to get you 80 yards and was a good bet to score a touchdown 
every other week. I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities as well. Oh, absolutely. I think, I, I mean, it's definitely going to come down to uh, sort of where where he gets drafted. But, I mean, I do think the potential for, for some high-end draft capital is there. I, I think, uh, again, like there there are many questions here, but for as many questions I have, I just, I, I like the the player himself. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know what, I think there are enough questions about, uh, you know, Devonta Smith that maybe I will take the value there. I don't know. Let's take another quick break, and then I want to talk about some running backs. Are you ready to try the best tasting protein bar ever? Look no further than Built Bar. Built Bars are soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, and they are great for the health conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat with a low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber option with Built Bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, and six delicious new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, my favorite, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. They've got a flavor for whatever you might be craving. Right now, Built Bar is offering our listeners 20% off of your next order using promo code Locked On. Go check out BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order. Start off this new year right, and let's go ahead and get fit together. And what better way to do so than indulging in a delicious and healthy treat? BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On. Welcome back into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We are talking about rookies today, Marcus. Love, love, love a little bit rookie talk. We have less than a month until the NFL draft. And, I mean, as soon as that NFL draft is over, I mean, we sort of start uh, knocking out all of these dynasty rookie drafts. We got to get these guys prepared for the rookie drafts. Mm. Now, we've been playing a little bit of this or that. Why, Why do X when I can do Y much later? Give me a, a running back that you're going to pass on in favor of somebody uh, closer to you know the the value end of the spectrum, uh, maybe a, a round or two later. Why draft Najee Harris at number one or number two when you can get Trey Sermon at the end of round two? I yeah. So we've talked about this on this, on this podcast before, but Najee Harris is not my RB1. I, I, it's Travis Etienne for me. We don't have to go into that again. Uh, and I like Najee. He, I think he's a very good prospect, very well-rounded. I just really, really like Trey Sermon. He's actually my RB3 in this class behind Ooh. Travis Etienne and Najee Harris. Uh, I think Sermon is really, really good. He's been productive uh, at two different schools now, at Oklahoma and Ohio State. Uh, he can create big plays. Uh, we know that he doesn't have necessarily long speed, but he's got an insane burst. I, thought, I saw his 10-yard uh, split was like 148, which is in the, like the 99th percentile of all running backs. Uh, he runs with great power. He's got great contact balance, a little bit similar to, to Nick Chubb. The comp that I actually gave him is Arian Foster because, man, he is so good at that first step getting downhill. I think this is somebody who's going to go day two of the actual NFL draft. He's going to land in a situation probably with a good team, and I think he could produce, outproduce Najee Harris pretty quickly in the NFL. So I love the value of Trey Sermon. I would be willing, Kate, if I needed a running back to take him 
late round one, early Whoa. round two. And I, I just think he's going to be an excellent value play. Interesting. Interesting. I'm not not in the same camp. I love Najee. I think, goodness gracious, I was tweeting about him this weekend. I I love him. I don't know why he's not. I, I feel like he's getting hype, but I, he's not getting the kind of hype that that I want to see for him. Like, well, when, is it because he hasn't worked out right? Because I think, you know, Jonathan Taylor got that bump last year after a great combine and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But because we haven't really seen him do any workout drills, I think that's why we haven't had more conversations about him on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it just feels like there's less buzz than than I would have expected at this point. Considering the, the athlete, I just love his, uh, I mean, elite contact balance. I think that he could be a surefire uh, running back one. Like, in the right situation, he could find himself in the, the first uh, 12 picks of my uh, rankings for next year as as an RB one, as oh, excuse me, as a rookie, my guy. So I'm gonna I'm not bold enough to say I'm gonna pass on Najee. I'm not bold enough okay. there. Okay. But one guy that I know uh, had you know a, an exciting uh, pro day who I feel like has gotten some recent buzz. I want to talk about Kenny Gainwell because. Uh, we conducted a mock draft over at Ball Blast Football, and he was starting to creep into the uh, like late first, early second I round, which it, I man. think is really, really interesting. Uh, I don't think many people were super high on Kenny Gainwell, maybe ahead of his ahead of his pro day. He's definitely one of the best receiving backs in this class, of course, behind ETN, but. That seems really, really rich for me in terms of just what I think he can do. He's 5'11", 201, not terrible, um, not like overly sized whatsoever. But uh, what people were very excited about was his 40-yard dash. He ran a 4-4-2. And you know what? Again, he is a very, very capable receiver. And I think perhaps in the right offense, he could make a really nice third down back and uh, in, in somebody that in PPR leagues might might really be a, a huge value there. But I'm looking to the back end of the second round and sometimes into the late third. Chuba Hubbard is still going at the back of the second round, early third. And I I can't understand the disrespect. I've said it before. He comes in at 6-1 or sorry, 6 Six zero, two hundred 210 pounds. Um, I, he had a nice pro day, ran a four four eight. Uh, not not Kenny Gainwell style, but he did uh, he did do pretty well. 20 bench reps, 120 inch broad jump, 36 inch vertical. All of these uh, these metrics, uh, he tested uh, mostly above the 50th percentile. The only thing he struggled a little bit with was the three cone, but short shuttle wasn't bad. I think. I really wish that he did not play in 2020. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. you know what? Honestly, I, I don't because uh, I think we're going to get a value for Chuba in the second round. I mean, we were looking at one of 2019's most productive running backs, uh, 2,000 rushing yards. I just think that we are forgetting and uh, so quickly disregarding Chuba because of the fact that he did uh, – 
he played injured and I think it's so like you always have to think circumstantially what can make a player make such a big drop off in production Uh, I mean everything I think came down to injuries for Chuba in the 2020 season but um, I mean, hey, still played six games, uh, and or sorry, seven games, ended up with 677 yards and six touchdowns. Still not bad. That's that's no, averaging around all. 100 scrimmage yards and a touchdown per game. But I think he does have uh, enough bulk that we could see him uh, in in a, an offense where he's able to handle 250 touches in a season not every running back in this class I think has that that kind of frame that can withstand that I do think Chuba could be one of those guys that uh you know maybe he's not drafted into a starting role and you know he but he's one of those bench stashes that you're going to keep on there and then somebody's going to get injured because we see injuries every single season and Chuba is one of those guys that I think could just come out of the woodwork and become an, an RB, uh, I'll say RB2, if he comes into the workload. And I think he would just be one of these really easy players to slot into your lineup. And that, I mean, that's honestly, I, I don't think any of us are looking at Kenny Gainwell as a, a, a full-time starter either. So I think when we're looking at these two players and, you know, the, the potential there, I'll take Chuba because I think in the right circumstance, he might be uh, just a bit more productive as a rusher. Yeah, I think for me, it just comes down to I'm just not the biggest Kenny Gainwell fan. Like, I, I, I see the appeal. Like, he's a good pass catcher. He, he's good in space. But when we're talking about spending a first-round pick on a running back that is 200 pounds, five foot eight from a smaller school that doesn't have, like, elite speed, like, four four seven at a pro day is fine. It's just not great, right? It's not like this is a Jamal Charles type of running back prospect that is in the, you know, the the four threes. So, I don't know. I think the ceiling for a Kenny Gainwell, like if everything works out, Kate, like could he ha- he have like an Ahmad Bradshaw type of career in the NFL? I think that's possible. But is that really what you're looking for at the bottom of round one or even at the top of round two? Probably not. So I'm taking the guy I think has a better chance of being a high-end RB2, maybe a low-end RB1, and I agree, it's Hubbard. I love that, love that. That's what you're drafting for at that point. Um, you know, all of these, like, guaranteed starters, they're they're gone by the time you're into these later picks. So, you know, when I'm thinking about how do I want to utilize these rookie picks, I think who has the chance, uh, the better chance to assume a a true, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Trey, <laughs> let's just, uh, it's like, let's just scrap this entire podcast and just call it Trey Sermon. Why I draft anybody really good, when you could draft Trey Sermon? He, listen, the, the last three games of the season for Trey Sermon uh, against Michigan State, 112 yards and a touchdown. Northwestern, 331 yards and two touchdowns. Against Clemson, 193 yards and a touchdown. And then he got hurt against Alabama. So he was playing at an elite level. It's just unfortunate he got hurt. But my goodness, he is a talented, talented player. And again, if you can get him anytime after round one, you're getting a steal. That's That should be the takeaway of this podcast. All right, I'll, I'll run with that. That is it for today's show, everybody. Please be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss a show. Leave us those five-star reviews. I am your host, Kate Majuk. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And, of course, give my co-host Marcus a follow at Marcus underscore Mosier. 
Be sure to tune in on Tuesdays and Wednesdays where Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell are here to help you continue to build the ultimate fantasy football dynasty roster. Uh, They have a really interesting show coming up for tomorrow. They're going to be talking about Deshaun Watson, which is a really big conversation in just, I mean, every sort of fantasy football format you could have. But, uh, you know, for dynasty managers who have paid a, a top end pick, They're wondering what to do, and they're going to be here to talk about it tomorrow. So uh, we'll see you on Thursday.